Before we kick off our podcast today, we'd like to have our special guest on uh, once a week before the podcast starts. And we have Jacob Two Times. How are you, sir? Happy birthday to you. Oh. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Miguel. Happy birthday to you. Oh, Jacob. But wait a minute. My birthday's not until August 22nd. I know, 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 I know. But see, we won't be doing the podcast the day before that, so... So I figured that, hey, so I figured that, hey, why not get this done now so that way I can make sure I have it out of the way, you know, just in case we don't do it on August 21st, you know? Get it done now. You know what? Actually, Miguel, that is the perfect present for you. Celebrating your birthday an entire month early. (laughs) Jacob two times nailed it. And Jacob, I'm so shocked because I just realized yesterday that my birthday this year is on a Saturday. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And you already have it on your to-do list. You're like, boom, done, moving on. What's next? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love it, Jacob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, Holly, guess what, Holly? It sounds like you – it sounds – it sounds like to me you're on the midday show and Miguel's your co-host now. You know, it sure does sound that way, you know? Well, I uh, that is interesting to me, but I, you know what? <laughs> I'll it take it. It does sound that way to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it sounds like I got my holly back in the midday. <laughs> That's so sweet, Jacob. Well, we enjoy Thank doing the show, uh, going until noon, getting our extra hours in. It's been good. And guess what? Guess what, Holly? I'm... Um, I love you very much, Holly. You know that. Oh, I love you, Jacob. Thank you. Now, Jacob, help us kick off the podcast. What is everyone listening to? Everybody's listening to the everybody's listening to the podcast with the birthday boy and ooh, everybody's listening to the podcast with the birthday boy and Holly O'Connor. Yes! <laughs> On Throwback 101.5. (laughs) (laughs) Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Oh, hello there, you fine-looking platypuses. Uh, Oh, whoa. Platypi? Platypi, is that how you say it? Maybe. I don't think it's platypuses. (laughs) Platypussies? No. No? No. No? no. You want to get t-shirts with that made on it? Hey, Siri. What's the plural of platypus? The answer I found is platypuses. It is platypuses. I was right, girl. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Hey, platypuses. platypuses. Yes. Uh, so if you're new to the uh, Miguel and Holly Uncensored podcast, literally back at the beginning of the year, I was like, you know what? We need like a code word for the podcast listeners. And then we were throwing out terms. And I think it was you, Holly, who just said platypus. 
Was it? Was it you? Well, I know Scott had something else, and I was like, I don't like it. No, I threw out platypus just randomly. I didn't think it was actually going to hook. Yeah, I think you, because after I said I didn't like your original idea, <laughs> then you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I had a platypus, and I was like, uh, well, I mean, that's better than what you said before, but I don't remember what the other one was. I don't know what the other one was. I just knew, like, I, this was just supposed to be something dumb I said, yes. and then it just worked. And then it then it took off. Yeah, so platypus, uh, that's the word that you use if you see us out in public, which you probably won't see us out in public, or yeah. if you uh, message us online or something, you can always just say platypus. Um, Holly, what's going on with you? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had something else that I was going to uh, bring up. Oh, um, so this isn't something that I would bring up on the air because it's sort of like a, it's exciting for us and like no one else cares, but we've got like a little refresh of the Miguel and Holly logo. Oh. That uh, Chase, our afternoon guy, who uh, he did it. And so I just ordered some new stickers. With the new logo? With the new logo. Yeah. I don't want to say new. I say refreshed. Yeah. It's very similar, but it just is freshened up. Yeah. Like Mm. the Hot 101.5 logo looks a little bit different on it. But I ordered some stickers. So they should be here in a week. So if you want one, uh, just say, uh, just send me an email, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com with your name and your address, and I'll put one in the mail for you. Um, I guess may, if I were a M&H fan member right now, my question would be, if I already have a sticker or whatever, can I email you again? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Just I'll send them out till we melt, till, I mean, till we run out. That's all I can do, so. That's fine. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Holly. No, go ahead. I mean, well, you said, what am I doing? I just thought about, like, because I was so unprepared for you to ask, but I thought I, I had an update about my mom. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. So if you want to hear it now, if Tell not, me. we can save it. No, go ahead, girl. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think it was Monday we talked about how um, I was just. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. just I was at my boiling point. Like, I was just like, I can't take it. Is that where we are at Monday? I believe so. You know yes. where we were, too? Because I told the story about how she came down at midnight. Yes, that's right. And made me read some nonsense. Uh, about liberals going to hell. Correct. Yeah. 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 That. Uh, So I think it was a combination of like I had been on vacation, wasn't able to relax. And I think it's because this whole issue with my mom has been like a boiling point for me Mm -hmm. for so long now that like my backpack of trauma with it is full. Mm -hmm. And so what happened on Monday, we got done recording the podcast. Um, I believe I also had PMS. Mm. Mm. That's always a fun time. Yeah. So I was a little bit on edge anyway. I had just it was like our first day back from vacation, waking up early, and I would and I, as you could maybe hear on the podcast, I was very like, just in a state mm-hmm. about it. Well, I got home, and when I got home from work that day, uh, Maya comes running out to greet me at the car, which is awesome because I love that she does that. But sometimes it makes it difficult. Like when you get home from work, sometimes you just want to like breathe for a second. Excuse me. You can't do that when your six-year-old is, like, in your car door being like, Mommy! Which, again, I love, but I'm also like, this is go time at my second job. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm hugging her. I have my, my work bag, my purse. I got my shoes on. I walk in the door. She's all excited. She wants to talk to me about who even knows what anything a six-year-old does. <laughs> and my person is there because the air conditioning purse, the air conditioning guy had come out to, like, check the things so my person is like hey here's the update about the air conditioning they found this and that and as he's telling me about this and Maya's like mom 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 my mom walks down the stairs with a dresser drawer knob that is like 
just one of many things that I need to do for her, which is fine. But it was like in that moment, <laughs> I still had my shoes on. I had my bag on my shoulder. My purse is in my hand. I'm trying to listen about the AC. I'm also trying to figure out what Maya is telling me. And then she comes down with this knob saying she had had our neighbor fix it. But he, she didn't, she did it right. Like I bought a new knob. I just needed a longer screw. She bought, because the knob was broken, her big knocker-style knob from, like, the 1940s when this dresser was made. And she brought the whole knob over to him, and it was very difficult to fix. But somehow he fixed the whole knob and added a longer screw. And I was like, I just needed the screw for the new knob. Mm. And then she's like, why are you in such a bad mood? And I was like, (laughs) I'm not in a bad mood. I just don't know why he (laughs) needed to fix the whole knocker thing because I bought the knob already. I just needed a longer screw. And she's like, well, he just fixed it. And I'm like, all right. Mm. And what I know, and see, this is like my childhood trauma that I'm trying to work through in therapy. It's like, this is what made me codependent. This is what made me a people pleaser because I was taught from a very young age that I am to read my mom's mind. Mm. And I'm just supposed to do stuff. She doesn't ask. She never asks you to do anything. Mm -hmm. She just makes comments, Mm. and it's your job to understand that when she makes a comment, it means you need to act. Right. And I have been trained this way. And living with her for the last seven years now, as an adult, it's been so difficult to try to, like, remove that childhood trauma training and be who I'm supposed to be. So I, and of course the knob hasn't been on for like a month. So in that moment, as I'm like getting overwhelmed by everything anyway, I was like, this bitch wants the knob on now. I know it. I Mm -hmm. know. Even if she didn't consciously say, can you do this now? Right. In her mind, the way her, the way that she operates, it was like, I, I know this. Like, if I bring this down and let her know, she'll remember that she needs to do it. Maybe it doesn't have to be now, but she'll get to it. Right, at some point. So I'm like, I'll do it now. Oh. So I throw my bag on the floor. I'm Mm. like, give me this. I start walking up the stairs. And she's like, I don't, I didn't mean, I mean, you could do it later. I don't know. You don't have to. I don't know why you're in such a bad mood. Why are you always so rude? Oh, no, 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 no. I get up to her room and I... I lost my mind in that moment, mm-hmm. and I started looking around for a screwdriver, but I physically, mm-hmm. I was looking in drawers for a screwdriver. That's what I was doing physically, but like mentally and emotionally, I had a complete and utter breakdown Right, because I just snapped, and I started screaming at her as I'm mm. quote-unquote looking for this screwdriver. And were you banging stuff around? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, I mentioned, I think, on Monday's podcast that I think some of the, one of the medications she's on has really caused a mental decline. Mm-hmm. It, on top of maybe she's mentally declining anyway right. due to age and the brain tumor being removed, whatever. There's just a lot going on. And add on top of it that I'm her kid and I'm now sort of like her guardian parent. And yeah. it's just a very complex and frankly difficult relationship. Yeah. And, it's it's hard for me. So I'm screaming. I'm mixing in some choice swear words. Oh. I'm just I'm I'm I've lost it. Right. So um <clears throat> I then decided fuck this. I'm not actually doing the knob right now. <laughs> so I threw the knob on the table and then I as I was headed down the stairs, I felt like you know how sometimes you need to get like one more in. So yeah. I like turned around and I'm like, and I'm not sorry I said all this shit. Oh. And then I slammed the door. 
And as I'm marching down the stairs, my person peeks his head around the door and he's like, okay, okay, breathe, take a deep breath. Mm. Just let's let's hug it out for a mm-hmm. second. Take mm-hmm. a breath. Like, mm-hmm. do your breathing. Get mm-hmm. in your good space. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry that happened. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Calm. what just happened. Peace be with me. But then I walk into the my part of the house and Maya's like, course horrified and scared she's like why was my mom just screaming at grandma yeah so then i was like switched into mom mode and i'm like okay i'm sorry i'm so sorry let's hug it out she's now crying and i'm like feeling terrible and i'm like i'm so sorry but i was not ready to like apologize to my mom yet so i'm like mom is gonna me i'm gonna go rest for a little bit you know you watch tv you're gonna be okay it's it's fine so I did. I rested for a little bit, kind of cried some stuff out, and then I was like, okay, now now comes the action. Because as a side tangent, I've been reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, mm. and in that book, I connect to so much of it when you're not really living who you're supposed to be, and you can only do that for so long before- You explode. Y- you explode. Absolutely. It's not the same thing at all as like coming out of the closet- for someone who is gay, mm-hmm. but it's a similar type of thing because you've been carrying this lie. It's a physical manifestation. Yeah. I remember it being in high school and feeling like that lie, that not being honest and truthful. I remember when I finally broke down and told the first person, it was like the dam had broken and yeah. I could not lie anymore. You can't. I, I understand. I think a lot of people that go through a trauma or have some sort of like, you know, like like reality strikes you or something happens to you. Maybe you are like you get a DUI or you're like something traumatic. You hit some type of rock bottom or some type of bottom where you you break and right. you're just like, this isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. And I can no longer, I cannot my body even will not let me do this anymore. Mm. So um, I went out and told Maya, you know, again, I'm sorry that this happened. And um, yesterday, actually, I mentioned to her, so you know how I exploded and I, I really screamed at Nana and I'm so sorry that happened, but that's what happens if you keep stuff in. Mm. So I, I made it a teachable moment for her. I said, if you're ever angry with me or upset or with with you, with me, or with dad, or with any of the other grown-ups in your life, you tell me. Right. You are totally safe to tell me because that's what will happen if you don't tell your feelings. Mm. So please always be honest with me because I don't want you to have to explode like I just did. So it's a teachable moment. But then I went upstairs to my mom the other day, and I apologized. And she was very confused because she's like, I don't know what I said that was wrong. I'm like, you know, you didn't say anything today. That was wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. you were, I, I'm, it was sort of just like a, a, a random one-off thing with right. this dresser drawer. That wasn't the point of it at yeah. all. Um, but, you know, I've been feeling this way for a very long time. And she's like, I just didn't know. And I'm like, which is bananas to me considering like a week ago at this time, she told me I was going to hell. Like you didn't <laughs> think that was possibly <laughs> traumatic for your child? No. Right. All right. Um, which is why I say she's just not well. But um, so I said, listen, this isn't working. For us, this is not working for our family. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you first. Are you living up here by yourself with the dog coming down sometimes at the mercy of when I can drive you places mm. and doing nothing? Right. Are you? Li- you're not living. You're just surviving up here by yourself. Mm. And I said, it's hard. You're up here all by yourself. 
We don't have family in this area. We, you don't have any friends. You don't have activities. You have no place to go except these four walls. Right. And the only time you can get out of them are when I'm available to drive you somewhere. And that's a lot. It is. On a human, like, you're not supposed to live that way. No. So she's been, like, in isolation for years now. Right. So I'm like, that's not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, and secondarily, it's really, n- it's it's very hard on me. Because I, was tr- I tried to explain sort of, like, it was a lot. And I really tried to, like, pare it down. Because she has a, a little trouble grasping, like, deeper, complex issues like this. But, like, I was like, y- living with a parent is difficult enough. Right. But then I'm also sort of your caregiver. And I was like, it's a lot for me to be a parent to a child, like a six-year-old child. It's a lot for me to have a person in my life who, you know, we've gone through a lot ourselves. And, like, we have our whole own other thing that I've never talked about on this podcast. And eventually, I promise eventually, maybe I will one day. But then I was like, and you, who it's a weird parent-child situation where anytime you live with a parent they sort of get back into that parent role Mm -hmm. and you sort of take back over the child role. But I'm also a parent. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so I get pulled in a lot of directions. And I can, uh, what she said, which I know she didn't mean it in a malicious way, but again, this is where the breakdown of our relationship happens. She's like, well, other women have three and four kids and they do it. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't understand what is so hard. And that hurt a lot. Now, I know that she was not, it wasn't even necessarily a judgment on me. It was like, it was like subconscious manipulation Mm -hmm. to stay with the status quo. Right. Nobody likes change, especially when you're older. Mm -hmm. It was subconscious manipulation like I've been dealing with my whole life to put her first Mm. because in her life I don't think anyone has put her first yeah so it's very sad and it's like but at the same time I I cannot allow myself to keep that cycle going of like well no one else has so it's my job to just Make sure every need she have it has is covered at the detriment of my own life that I'm not even living anymore. Right. So it was super like it was like inception level therapeutics for me because I'm like hearing this and I still have to be like the um in charge, nothing bothers me person. Where meanwhile I'm like, I, she has no idea how much that hurts. Mm. Because it's basically like saying you're less than because right. you didn't and even that I'm like, listen, I know you're disappointed that I didn't have more kids. I know. I know you're disappointed that when I was still with my ex-husband, we didn't have a second child. I know that you're disappointed now that I'm with someone new that I we have not had a child. Right. I get your disappointment. But that's not what this is about. I can't. I'm not mentally able to. And that doesn't make me less of a person. No. Mm-mm. There are some people that choose not to at all. And that doesn't make them less of a person. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, that's like such her number one thing that she's like, if I could do it, I would have. Great. That's great, mom. But like, that's not who I am. I wish that she could have at some point in her life accepted me for who I am instead of because she put me on such a pedestal. I was like the child that came after two miscarriages. And I wish that she could have taken me off of that pedestal and, and made me a real person 
instead of this golden child that she was like, I finally have one. And then the problem with that is, as the golden child, if you do anything that's not what that parent wants, well, why? Why would you do such a thing? You're right. my perfect child. Why Why are you going into radio? Why didn't you become a doctor? Like, why did you? There's all these different things that comes along with putting your child on a pedestal like that. So I'm like, I'm, I know that there's a lot of things that you're disappointed about in me. I'm sorry about that. Mm. But this is who I am. So I was like. How did it feel when you said that? When you finally it felt, looked her in the eyes and said, I'm sorry, but this is who I am. It felt like an out-of-body experience almost. Mm. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, honestly, because it's it's hard to say something like that, and then it's suddenly everything changed. Right. Like, even the next day, things were sort of almost back to normal. Oh, yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I've already crossed the threshold. Right. It's happening. Mm -hmm. There's not... It's kind of like when... We got divorced, Chris and I. Mm -hmm. I w once it was out, once the secret and the and the everything else was like out about like our marriage is not salvageable. Mm -hmm. There, what you couldn't just turn around and take that back and be like, well, maybe we can give this another shot. Right. It's like nope. It's 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 done. Right. We've come to the finish line. Yes, I have. I'm out. So it, it's going to be a continuous day to day reminding. Of stuff of mm -hmm. myself um and so i have a couple courses i'm doing with like empath work and whatever but like the point of it is so during that sit down with my mom i was like you can't live here anymore for you and for me i said in my entire adult life i have never been in a relationship with a person and had a family on my own i said imagine what it would have been like for you and dad if you had been married and then maybe that first year I was born, your mother came in to live with you. And I'm not saying because she's got so much trauma from her own mom. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not calling you your mother. But, like, just picture what that would have been if you couldn't have just been married to dad, had me, and just had your family. Right. You also have a parent now in your house. I was like, and this is not anything about you, Miguel, but I was like, when I was with Chris... We had Miguel with us mm -hmm. that entire time. I was there from the beginning. Yeah. We had, Chris and I were together for four months by ourselves. And that four months is the only four months I've ever lived with a romantic partner with no one else in the house. Right. And I'm like, and it was in those four months too, by the way, that I was like, oh shit. I made Miguel my person. Mm. And this was all kinds of fucked up. Right. So I say that to say even then in, in post- post-divorce world, like when I was dating and stuff, even then I've never had, never had an opportunity to live with a partner alone and then with a child to create a family like I might want to. Right. She's like, well, I don't want to stop you from doing things. And I'm like, it's not. But you're there. But you're there. But right. you're there. Right. And it's in my right. head. Mm-hmm. So because you I know can't. when you can hear someone physically moving above you while y'all are cooking dinner and living life and sharing laughs and you know that your mom is just upstairs by herself with the dog. Right. That, of course, is going to make anybody feel horrible for them because you, you know, you want her to be happy and to live right. the best life that she can live. Correct. And that can't happen when you know that she's just upstairs by herself and you're trying to create this family unit. unit. So it makes total sense. To me, it does. Yes. Not to her. So that was difficult. 
but because she's like, well, I'll just come down less. And I'm like, again. That negates the issue. Not the issue, because even when you're upstairs, I'm constantly thinking, okay, maybe just let's just put on the what if bubble. Let's just say uh, we want to go to Bush Gardens one day. Right. Okay. So then I have to then if I can never just go to Bush Gardens one day, I always have to weigh out. Is this an all-family trip to Bush Gardens? Does my mom want to come? Is this a mommy-daughter trip to Bush Gardens? Are we doing, like, a family trip to, with a person? It, I'm like, there's always five different scenarios, and I have to choose which one mm. and possibly hurt someone's feelings. And right. I'm like, I just, I can't handle it. I cannot. Mm. And I'm like, and it's not like, and I'm talking about, like, an, an independent living facility. Where, you know, these places are like 55 and up communities. So it's not like assisted living where you've got a nurse checking on you twice a day and make sure you took your pills. Right. But if you need like on-call assistance at night, maybe mm-hmm. there's a person that can right. come check on you. Obviously, you could call me too, but like I might not get there at 2 in the morning. Or it's like um, they have transportation to the grocery store once a week mm-hmm. or just Target or church or whatever. And I'm not and it's a community. locked in. And yes. there's people. Right. There's people your age. So after we went through this whole discussion, she was sort of on board for it. Even though at like several points she did that like subconscious manipulation. She's like, well, this is all my fault. Mm, so yeah. then, of course, I had to be like, no, this right. is a lot of circumstances that have led to this. Mm-hmm. So I don't need that. Right. Martyrdom. I need you to be just realistic with me. So we had that whole conversation. And I, I was like, now <laughs> we're in the middle of also several other things. COVID times. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some other things in my personal life that have to do with my person that would weigh into like any part of this. So there's just a lot of factors. But in my mind, what I'd like to do is in the very, or very early part of 2021, make this happen. Mm-hmm. So that gives me like the next five, six months to put something together. Right. So that's like my, sh- my new short term plan. So I think that. And honestly, she she has to be on board with it, but she's on board with it. Right. And as long as, you know, I'm you have to make it towards look at all the things that you're getting out of this. Right. And I think, too, you know, now that you, it's not like, a, oh, my God, we got to make this decision tomorrow. The fact that you all have months to be able to go to different facilities to see what amenities she wants, what amenities she's like, eh, I can do without. Right. Because it's a community that you need to be a part of. I think one of the things that I've learned uh, early on when I was at my two-year school and I was the editor of the school paper and our advisor, uh, Mrs. Rebecca Futch, who is one of my dear friends from back in the day, but she was our advisor at the time. Well, she was like 29, 30, and she went to the University of Georgia and, God, I hope I'm not giving too much of her story away by saying her name, um, And she went for journalism and she wanted to be a newspaper reporter and she ended up moving back to her hometown, Douglas, Georgia, where my two-year school was. Well, she worked for the local paper there, the uh, Coffee County Enterprise, and she became romantically linked to the publisher, editor-in-chief. And so they started dating. Well, he at the time, well, I think it was like in his 60s or 70s maybe, and so it was very controversial because she was- Oh, that's a big age gap. Yeah, it was a huge age gap. Um, so I don't remember how many years they were together by the time I got to the school and met her. But like when she told me how old she was, I was shocked because she had the look of a woman who had been in a marriage for like 
25 years, had grandkids. Like, she had, like, the pumpkin earrings um, for, like, the Halloween and just wore, like, stuff that just wasn't her age and right. what she would talk about. Right. And so as our relationship and friendship grew and we would be honest and open and she became more of a friend than an advisor. And then um, I believe it was after my freshman year, uh, I remember she called me. I was home in Atlanta and she called me and was like, hey, because I used to hang out with them. Like I'd go to their house and have dinner and whatnot. Oh. Um, and he was a really cool guy, but like he had retired from the newspaper business and he would just sit at home all day. Mm. And That's a hard, it's hard for people that are like in that retirement zone where they're used to doing all this stuff. Right. And then there's nothing. And there's nothing. And he, you know, he went from being a newsman 24-7 to nothing. Yeah. And so I remember she was like, um, Tom and I are going to get a divorce. Mm. She's like, I just, and it was sort of like one of the situations where like, because we were friends and our group of people that we were with at the time who were other professors, like I always hung out with people that were older than me. Um, she sort of started to realize that this isn't the life that I really wanted for myself. And like, she started dressing differently. And then she realized I got into this way younger than I should have. So they mm -hmm. got a divorce. Well, once he literally had no one else, he passed away shortly after. Oh, wow. And she felt awful for it. And it was like, girl, this not your fault. Like, right. not your fault. I can feel that though. Right. And that was just to me another example of like, when you retire, you have to still find a new path. Like in my head of like, and even back in the day when I had like my blog and I had like my, because I'm a psychopath and I had like, here's Miguel's five-year plan. Here's Miguel's 10-year plan. Here's Miguel's 30-year plan. I even had, here's what I want to do in retirement. I don't ever just want to like travel the world. I still want to do like a podcast or, you know, who knows what technology will look like when we get to that age. But like, I know that I want another career after I'm done with, this or whatever it looks like when I'm that age because you got to have something that you live for and you can't just put that on your family that you know is younger than you to take care of you yeah it's it's hard because when you retire especially for someone like you know my mom I don't want to like lump your mom into this but someone who has sort of a a like what is that like a job like a mid-level job where it's right. just like very routine and can be very draining for right, you. Like she right. worked in insurance. Right. She didn't really like her job, but she did it because she needed the money or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she was just so excited to be done with it, to retire and be with this new baby that I was having. And I'm sure she assumed I'd have like two more, right. <laughs> like boom, boom. So that was like her plan. That was like her retirement plan. Mm. Good. Th she didn't consult me right. with that plan. But then once she stopped working every day, and once Maya was no longer a newborn or even a toddler and she needs a lot less attention and just like hovering care mm -hmm. on the daily, it's like now my mom's goal in life is to make sure the laundry is done. Mm. And I'm like, you can't this. Right. I, I can't. I my life is legit suffering, but so is yours. Mm -hmm. And somebody's got to make the move and it's me. She can go and play backgammon and she can go, go be play the, bingo. Right. She oh, can go yeah. be the head of the the uh, Catholic group. I was I'm saying like whatever she wants to do, go find an outlet to do it. But it's just like she's got so much trauma and issues too. So I get I get it. I don't blame her for what has happened. Right. But also I cannot continue to allow it 
to impact me yeah. and my life and my family and my kid. Right. So um, didn't mean for that to happen today's podcast, but I no, thought you might like an update. Especially mm-hmm. for, you know what, shouts out to like, I have really close friends who uh, listen to the podcast. And mm. like one of my, my friend Kristen reached out and hey. she's like, hey, I think you might need this after I listen to the Monday's podcast. And it was, I guess they sell like a boxed wine and Cheez-Its combo. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, girl, yes. She can send one to me, girl. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, well, she was just like, they at the store, go get them. I'm like, yeah, oh, she lives sorry. in Ohio. Uh, but, oh, okay. <laughs> but, and so I'm like, it's a good way for me to not just get it off my chest and be better for the group mm-hmm. because- I've been not well because of I'm carrying all this and I have to get it off of myself sometimes. But it's just, it makes for, I think it helps people who might be going through something similar. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just feel like, you know, Holly, we've been together now. I mean, like you are outside of like my mom, my grandma, like my family. You have been the longest relationship in my life. Wow. Like one-on-one every day. I mean, we've That's seen true. each other. I've seen you probably more days, probably like my mom and then like you. That's valid. Like I've that's how much time we've spent together in the past, what, 12 years? Wow, yeah. That we've worked together. Which and is so, pretty cool, actually. It is. But I just I I often think about you, especially on the weekends when I'll just be like carefree, like I'm going over to my friend's house for the pool and the hot tub. And I just think that I, I just my heart aches for you because I just feel like over since we moved here really it's just been like one thing after another has been put on your shoulders and i'm like and there's nothing that i can do like it's nothing that i can be like hey well let me take that away from you i just feel to like remember what you were back then Mm -hmm. and like i was a different way we both were different back then and we'll never be that again right but like just the weight that's on your shoulders all the time i just I feel, I feel for you. Mm. My heart goes, goes out for you. Well, thanks. For all that you have to deal with. I don't want to cry again. I cry a lot on this podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) thanks. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I just feel like I'm such the Debbie Downer. (laughs) It's life. It's life. It is. But, but. It gets better. We're trying to work through it. Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. to make it better. Well, and, you know, and I feel like my, we always laugh and joke that, like, whenever I tell stories about, you know, my childhood, you're always like, damn it, Miguel, that's supposed to be a sweet story. And I'm like, what? That was just my reality. Yeah. I feel like there's a reason why I feel like we flip-flopped, whereas, like, the beginning of my life was just so crazy and traumatic as a child. Yeah. Um, That, like, God was like... Girl, we just gonna let you coast for a little bit. Like you got some stuff on the horizon, but now just have fun, enjoy yourself, enjoy your job, be there to support Holly, be there to support Scott. You'll be good. Support your boyfriend. You'll be good to go. Mm. And so, you're not the Debbie Downer because that is life, and you cannot help it. It is. And so I, I just I feel like you have to go through all the crazy shit to like learn who you're supposed. You can't move on to the next version of you until you really get the lesson from whatever it is, the pain. The we pain ha- we makes need you. the pain. You do. Absolutely. The pain makes you more empathetic. It makes you have a better understanding of people in the world and of yourself. Yes. And it makes you know what sort of gumption that you're made of. 100%. And how you navigate tough situations in life. And where 
you know, as you get older, you always people always say you get wiser as you get older. Why, why do you think that happens? Right, because you go through tough shit. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm at. That's my latest. I'm going to start looking at independent living facilities, which I'm sort of dreading all this because, again, like, I don't like a lot of, like, work and responsibility, but somehow I ended up with all of it. <laughs> but it's, like, for the better good. So, like, once I get done with all of that, it's going to be for a good outcome. But now I'm just like. Now we got to go. And I have to, like, for the next several months, it's like it's like looking for a college, except it's for an independent living facility for my mom. Right. Yeah. So that's my, my next goal. But it's for it's a good moving forward goal. And then maybe I can take my fucking Buddha statues out of my drawers that my mom hid. See, I've already negated this or, like, stopped this uh, before it even start. I've told my mom forever. Well, first off, my mom started it because when I was in elementary school and she told me, when you turn 18, I'm kicking you out and you got to go find a place to live. You can't live my house when you turn 18. And so apparently I went to my grandma and was like, my mom said she's going to kick me out. Really Can I traumatic stay with you? for um, kids, by the way. So if you're a parent and you think it's funny and or, like, legit, you want to tell your kids that, don't. I was like, what, are, what am I going to do? And so now I'm like, guess what? When you get old, you're going into a home. It'll be the nicest place possible. Yeah, you'll be able to play bingo. You know, you'll have a little allowance to go to the, to the casino. I know you like your slot machines. Mm-hmm. But you ain't staying with me. Mm-mm. I will. I have already made a promise to myself that I will never live with Maya. Mm. I just won't. Period. Right. Just not going to do it. Even if she wants me to, I'll be like, no, you think you do. <laughs> no. Nope, not happening. Like, I will help, but I will not. I will do my best not to be, like, overbearing. Mm. So I just don't. And, like, what's funny is that back in the day, I remember, like, in high school or college, my mom being like, just put me, like, put me in a nice place. And then once she gets to that age, then mm. she's like, well, I mean, right. that's when I'm old. You I'm want like, your comfort. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bitch, what do you think you are now? Okay. Um, it's really interesting since I've been doing this Ancestry.com, um, thing for the past four days. Um, like yesterday I went to go get my car, uh, worked on and I got there at one thirty, and I started, I was like, I did some stuff for work. So around one forty-five, I popped up my laptop in the little showroom and I started, I was like, oh, let me get on Ancestry.com and start doing some research. Um, I was there for two hours, didn't even realize two hours had passed. Um, because I was just digging so deeply into my family history, drove 45 minutes home, popped open my laptop and kept doing work on it until uh, for another four hours. Damn. Um, but it's just so fascinating to me. But one of the things and this is literally yesterday, so I haven't really thought through this yet, but I've been going back and forth uh, for the past couple of months, years about children in the future, because I know that my boyfriend isn't. He doesn't really want kids. And I said I wanted kids. And then watching Holly, you go through kids. And also just with this show and what it takes out of you every day to, like, wake up this early and to give yourself to your audience every day. I mean, that's why Oprah said she never had kids. She was like, they would suffer because doing entertainment or anything like this where you're giving yourself all the time, it's hard to then go home and then give yourself more to your kid or kids. And so I was like, I don't know if I want kids. And then after going through like the family tree and like just watching all the lines and how like it's so interesting to see it laid out. And you can see how one pairing of two people 
creates this whole line of people that just goes down and flows out. And it's like, what if that one person said, I don't want kids? Yeah. Like, none of these people would exist. Isn't that, that's bizarre. Like, it's really different when you can see it. Yes. Like, when you see it, it really, it it's actually like a, a, a mind fuck almost. Mm. Because when I keep looking at the, at the uh, family tree and I think to myself, if one person would have died or, like, look at, here is like a little bit of the family tree. Yeah. So like this is uh so this is my grandmother's mom here and my grandmother's father here. So those two had all these kids right here. Oh my gosh. That then had like what if these two people, my grandmother's parents didn't meet? Bye, you don't exist. Like, and so then I'm like, well, what if Abe and I are supposed to have kids and, like, we don't have a line? And then when wow. this is what, like, fucked me up is as I was, like, going through the line and, like, some of my grandmother's um, sisters or brothers didn't have kids. And then I'm like, well, what happened to them later in life? Like, who took care of them? Like, what happened? Because I don't know. I never I never heard about some of these people. Right. And How so then do you're, you hear about those people? Right. And so then I'm like, well, what if I've forgotten when I die? Well, well you're, gonna you're not going to be forgotten. <laughs> Hey, nobody care, Miguel. You're going to be dead. Sorry. I was going to say you will be leaving a broadcast legacy mm. that is amazing, but also you'll be dead. So yeah, right. you don't have to worry about it. Nah, who dead. cares? You're dead. Ah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> well, like, especially when I start digging back into, um, like, the parents of my grandmother's parents, and then you start getting to, like, the 1800s. And then, and I think this is why I feel like I probably would have been a history professor because I so desperately want to know, like, what was it like for a day to day in like 18, uh, 1866 Holy. when like my great, when my grandmother's great, great grandmother was living, like, what did it, what, when she woke up on a Tuesday, like what was going on in her life? Like what I so I think about that, and so then I'm thinking like, what will someone think about me like that in a hundred years? Will someone be like, what was it like for Miguel on Jan July 29th? You know what I was thinking about the other day with that is like we have so many resources of how we're gonna be remembered now that it's gonna be way more accessible for like kids way down the line. I was thinking about this if I have kids of like they're gonna be able to go on like the internet and be like. Oh, there's great great granddad right? in a speedo dancing to something. <laughs> what a wild son of a gun! So it's like you'll be able to see all these <laughs> resources. I hope they call you a wild son of a gun. I do too. You know, well, probably not. But they'll be able to find these things. So it'll be like you know, literally, our day to day is kind of it's put out there now in the world, right? Where in a hundred years they're gonna be able to see these things and be like, oh my god, this is their Instagram. Look at all these pictures and literally watching you grow up through the years because of it. If the internet exists. Girl, what do you think it's going to do? Disappear? I don't know. It if might. You, if I you, mean, the world's crazy I'm about right to say, now. if you watch some of the sci-fi shit I watch, like, you watch the show C on Apple TV Plus with, what's Aquaman? Um, oh, um. Jason Momoa? Yes, Jason Momoa. What? And where, basically, the, the whole premise of the series is that, like, around this time, oh, all of a sudden, um, we start to go, new babies start to go blind. Oh. And so then, like, over the course of, like, two generations, everyone is blind. Oh, my 
my God. God. Why and do you watch this? I know. It's so fascinating. This and so then, so I know, right? And so then in like 300 years when you can't, you know, no one's been able to see. And so they've created, like we all of a sudden turn back into tribes and like we're living sort of primitively, which I've read some articles um which is interesting that people who were blind sort of took offense saying that like, oh, it because you're blind, all of a sudden you don't know how to like do stuff. So it's interesting. Um, but the premise of the show is that all of a sudden, like um, two kids can see all of a sudden. Oh. But like they need to be protected because you are not supposed to be able to see. So it's really fascinating. So I say that to say that, like, technology went away, and so there won't be Instagram in 200 years for our great-great-great-grandkids to see how we were listening to new Taylor Swift folklore uh, last week. I don't think it's going anywhere. At this point, I think it's always going to be there in one form or another. Like, I don't know. There's crazy stuff happening right now, but I don't see. That's what they said. Somebody will always have access to it. Yeah, somebody. What if they're evil? That's what they said about. They'll still have access. You just got to get it from them. That's true. You could like that would be a whole cool TV show anyway. What if an evil person like was the only person that had access to all of the internet and they don't give it to people, but then there was like a secret rebel force that like tried to get in to to share internet with people. Mm. Hello, I need some rights for a movie or TV show. Come on, listen, Netflix special coming for you, girl. Wait, let's go back really quick. So, what was your conclusion about children? I don't know. But you said you. I guess what the point was that. you were thinking it's just something that i'm thinking about like i i haven't come to a complete conclusion yet yeah um and i think actually i was going to when abe gets back from out of town i feel like him and i need to have like a really honest conversation about marriage and stuff like that because like we talk about it and we joke about it um and we (laughs) we've talked about and this is how, like, I'm not fearful for our relationship or anything, but just, like, legally and, like, what are our future plans? Like, because we're reaching that three-year point in September, um, Irma. It'll be the three-year anniversary of Irma. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's the anniversary of our relationship, September 9th, 2017. Um, we Like, we're talking about possibly building a house in a couple of years together. Oh, wow. Like, these are things that we're talking about. But see, if you're talking about building a house together. Right. Why not other things? Right. And that's why I'm like, we need to have a conversation. I need to see where his head is, um, obviously, with COVID happening and whatnot. Right. Um, You know, that makes things, you know, harder. But I do feel like we're on that, in that area where it's like, all right, let's, not just joke about it, but like let's honestly assess if we're talking we about at? building houses and whatnot. Um, you know, how is this actually going to work? Because I've just been assuming that you're going to propose. Um, because that's what we talked about at the beginning of our relationship, and we've mentioned it, you know, in front of people. But I don't know. Maybe he has plans coming up. I don't know. But it's like I feel like we just need to sort of start to like solidify some of those plans. So it's like you know, how does know. that conversation go? So you're just gonna have the conversation of like, yo, like we're serious here of like everything. Like we're both on page that you will propose, like propose at one point. I'm not telling you when. You don't have to do it soon, but just to like, you know, lock it in or like. What is the next step in yeah. that conversation? I mean, to me, it feels like... Because you already know. I feel like both of you already know that it's like you're both the one for each other. Right. Absolutely. So, 
But I need to make sure the expectations are still the same. Yeah, because you don't want uh, you don't mm-hmm. want to assume expectations. That's right. where disappointment happens. Because uh, then I'm sitting here assuming he's gonna propose. For, oh. Right. And then he's like forgotten. He's just like, Oh, we're fine the yeah. way it is. He's like, Oh, we can keep this up for another few years. Right. And I know that getting married, that's important to me mm, because yeah. I never thought it was gonna happen in my lifetime. And I love him and, and I wanna be with him. And which is wonderful, but also on sort of the more black and white, you know, issue. Legally, right, it can matter, right, and especially if I'm sick or he gets sick or something like that. Like, I want to be able to make sure that he can answer for me, um, or or vice versa, you know. Because right now my emergency contacts are Holly and him. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, we had because our company long story backstory. Our company like merged over to some stuff, and I had to like look through my my records for the with the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're my contact. <laughs> And I'm like, ah, maybe one day you shouldn't be the contact anymore. <laughs> or how do we work that out? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in that weird space, too, of like, what's, yeah, what do, what, what, what is that? Right. Are we, what are we doing? Like, what's, what's, what's happening? And I think, too, sort of with what you were saying earlier, Holly, about, you know, wanting to have that unit, I feel the yearning for that now. And I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before where it's like, I don't dislike Scott living with us or Dylan living with us. And I'm sure it certainly is not like my mom living with you. Right, right. Where it's like we all live cohesively and we all respect each other's spaces and whatnot. But, but there's something to be said about having your own Oh, hell unit. yeah. Right. And I think when it really just sort of hit me in the head was when I was in Buffalo last week. And because of COVID, we didn't hang out with any of his friends that we normally, I could consider them my friends too, mm-hmm. that we uh, we don't, we didn't get to normal. We, I'm tired. We didn't <laughs> see like we normally do. And so both, well, the three evenings I was there, we just got takeout um, and hung out in the uh, hotel room. Mm. And like we both were just like naked and just like watching Netflix. And, and you could watch whatever you wanted to watch. Right. And it was not, I was like. Not, again, not that the other people are like, because my mom doesn't watch TV with us, but at the same right. time, it's like, like my mom does come down and talk about decorative points. Right. And I'm like, you're not in this conversation? You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But, you, but you, it's like, you need like sort of th- this space where it's your collective energy. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really what it comes yes. down to. Yes. Because I was thinking like- I know, like, Scott doesn't, like, intrude on if you guys want to have a, a night or whatever. No. Or, you know, and my mom, tip typically, last Monday, notwithstanding, doesn't usually come down after, like, 8, 8.30 at night. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of, like, my, my reign. But even then, there's always someone there. Right, right. And it's just not, it's not horrible. But it's just a thing. Right. It's just it's just there. Do you feel that at all, Scott? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was actually just talking to Mary yesterday about this conversation because when she's coming to, she's going to probably come down like Thursday. Yeah, what today? Okay, yeah. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, and uh, she was talking about how she's probably going to spend the majority of the nights at her parents' house mm-hmm. because it's, it's, just that, it's just that vibe of like, you know, she definitely has a more traditional family of... Not just like my family, just white, and like if she comes over, she could stay with me. Right, and they know what's happening. Yeah, more. And they don't care. Well, it's just more strict, and mm. so it's not really something that we are able to do when she's down here. She's not really going to be able to stay at my place. Mm-hmm. But I was talking. I was like, I just can't wait because I haven't had it where it's like it's just my place. Right, it's just my like you come over like we don't got to worry about nothing. Yeah, right. you, you do worry what about you yeah. want. Right. Yeah, and I I'm, I'm so down. Whenever y'all are like. 
either like Dylan and I buy, like buy. Like somebody even asked on the Instagram yesterday for uh, ask us anything of like, how did that even happen with like you living with Miguel? I was like, I was just leaving college and I needed a place to stay, but it's not something I want to do forever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, eventually I would like my own place. I mean, if I could afford it now, probably do it. But you can't leave for now. For now, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's stuck right now. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Yeah, nobody, nobody, going nobody, nobody can leave. We're living in COVID times. <laughs> We're living in tight times. So stay where you're at. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, like if it were to happen in the next year or so that, you know, you and Dylan can be the ladies of the manor. And the ladies the of the la- manor. <laughs> Dylan and Scott being the ladies of the manor, then we just move someone else in. I mean, because true, like, you know, just we're just off the cuff talking, you know, like. I, for the first time, after chatting with my life coach last week, we were on vacation, I can see the end of my radio career. Mm-hmm. Not that it's anytime soon. I don't want it to be anytime soon because I still love it. I still have fun. But the way that the world is changing, the way that things are happening, um, I just mm-hmm. don't know if what we do every day walking into a studio with a broadcast tower, like people have been saying this for years yep. and I never believed it. And I was like, well, girl, bye. We're going to be around forever. I don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years. I have no clue. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I know it's not going to look like what we know what it is right now. And so I don't, so it's now me having to be like, all right, so what's that next thing? Like, what are we going to do? And I think real estate or something like that might be in it. Um, and then of course I'd be like, well, let's do a real estate podcast or something like that. Cause I'd have to have some sort of content creation behind it. Right. Um, cause how great would that podcast be an interracial gay couple flipping houses? That sounds like it's got, uh, HGTV written all over it. That. Yep. yep. Girl, can you imagine me with a hammer and a tool belt and a hard hat? No. no. Somebody call HGTV right now. No, you're on the other side of that. Yeah. I'm Abe the- can have the tool belt. Yeah, he does all that good stuff. I'm the one with like that, the photo of the real estate agent where like your arms are up and you're like, hi. Yes. Let me sell you a house. Yeah. That's going to be us. So get ready, Tampa Bay. We need to do those like million dollar listings. Oh, shoot. Those Mama are, wants to be rich. Those are intense. Yeah, we're not going to get rich doing this, but we're going to get rich selling real estate. So Scott, you are a part of our empire starting out. Okay. All right. That, I think okay. that can only help you. I know. Yeah. I'll take the help. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do real estate with us? You can be our like. Literally, like my dad does real estate. My grandpa did real estate. My grandma did real estate. <laughs> I don't want to do real estate. Have you seen that? He is going to be a motivational life coach, life speaker. Like mm. he's wanting no part in real estate. True. And I'll he, support you though, and I'll clap you on. If you have a business meeting that you need a little pump up, I got you. Yeah, he could. He could do the motivational speeches if you have your team of realtors, mm. and then you could have him come in and like give the the pep talks. I love it for I'm free. Down. No, no, the no, hell no. no. How am I gonna pay for food? Just oh. like I'm gonna charge when I come in, come into your team and talk mental health. True. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> I better get a friends and family discount, damn it, okay? Okay, okay. okay. All right, Holly, what's all your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Scott? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. Follow me everywhere on social media. Make sure to please leave us a review and a rating and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio app, basically anywhere you can listen, you can find us. And make sure to listen on the Hot 101.5 app. Until the end of the week, bye. 
catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.